0: Welcome back to the Passing Downs podcast. I'm your host, Rahul Padi, and this is my co host, PD. Say what up. What's up? All right. Well, this is going to be our first podcast ever. PD, you want to let him know what we're doing today?
1: Yeah, today is going to be a fun one, a long one, in fact, probably longer than anything we're going to do in the future. But this is our week one preview. We're going to be looking at like every single quarterback in the league that I think is interesting, let's say. And um, yeah, we're going to be giving them a preview. So um, let's get right into it.
0: Sounds good. You want to get us started off with Thursday Night Football, Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, Thursday Night Football. We're starting off with a heater with this one. Josh Allen going... To L.A. to take on Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Um, for this one, uh, for Josh Allen specifically, Josh Allen's going into this game with like all the hype. Really, all the hype. He's the MVP favorite for this year, um, and probably for good reason. Like a magical playoff run last year, an up and down regular season, but overall, again, looked like an elite quarterback. Um, I still think there's area to improve with his accuracy Um, that's probably the next step for him to become like an all-time great quarterback Um, but for this game specifically I'm kind of more looking into like how will he counter the Rams tendency to flood the field with coverage players specifically into high shells and how will he kind of counter that with his rushing which is like one of the most powerful counters that you can have for flooding the field with lighter coverage players.
0: Yeah, for sure. Josh Allen over the past two years has certainly proven himself as an easily top five quarterback and is well-deserved of that MVP favorite name coming into this season. One thing I'm looking forward to seeing him across this, this year is seeing how he deals with the supporting cast he has. Me personally, I don't love their running back room. I feel like their offensive line's very average. And even the receiving core, he's got a, a top receiver in Diggs and an emerging guy in Davis. But other than that, you're not looking at a whole lot of talent. Looking at this game, uh I agree with PD. The Rams definitely go into a lot of lighter packages and I'm excited to see Allen use his athleticism to beat them rushing the football. I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with a, probably a lot of interior pressure with Aaron Donald in the mix. But I'm excited to see what he's going to do this week. And I think he's going to be one of the most electric players in football this year.
1: Yeah, finishing up with that Allen point with the pressure thing, I, I actually I feel pretty confident about Allen dealing with pressure. He's He's one of the guys mm-hmm. where it's just like, He uses his size so well to overpower players in the pocket and right tackles generally. And so I I, I don't think pressure is a real issue for him. Um, What I'm really focused on is like, can he avoid making mistakes? Because that's kind of been an issue with him, like um, throwing too many intercepted passes into coverage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Even like continuing it to right now, like he like the development of his accuracy is what has kind of buoyed him to elite status. Cause he already had kind of Mm -hmm. like the tools, the explosive playmaking, but the development of that accuracy to like solid levels is what kind of got him here. And then speaking with, speaking of a quarterback with accuracy issues in the past, uh, Matthew Stafford, um, the training camp Mm -hmm. reports for Matthew Stafford have not been good to say the least. Um, This elbow issue, um, my question is how, how will it affect his accuracy? Cause we already know that Matthew Stafford kind of misses some easy passes um, for sure in general. Um, and then really can he replicate the 2021 season with a lesser supporting cast potentially with movement on the offensive line with a new receiver in Allen Robinson. And then as like a broader picture, um, I've seen offseason talk of him kind of having hall of fame potential I don't know if that's the case right now, but maybe if he replicates that 2021 20, season, maybe we can start thinking about it. And then versus the Bills specifically, um, I think their cornerback room without Tredavious White is a lot lighter. And so I think the the 1v1s that the Bills present uh, will be like a lot more advantageous for him, uh, specifically with Allen Robinson, because I expect heavier coverage on Cooper Cup in this game.
0: For sure, yeah. Looking into Matthew Stafford this season, obviously after a decade in Detroit, he had a magical year last year, won the Super Bowl with the Rams, obviously, but it seemed out of nowhere this elbow issue has come up, and it's become a big problem. I I agree, I'm definitely looking into it uh, or paying attention to that going into this year. Even before that, I was personally not the highest on Matthew Stafford. I feel like a lot of his success last year was a product of the system, the McVay system, as well as Cooper Cup just being an absolute monster. And I feel like this year, after a year's worth of tape on Cup, I feel like defenses will definitely be a lot more prepared for that. And I don't feel, I know the Allen Robinson addition was huge, but I feel like Their receiving core this year is a little bit weaker, as well as their running back room. I'm not the highest on Cam Akers. He looked kind of poor coming out of that injury, and guys like Henderson are obviously just plug-and-play guys in the system. So they will be looking once again to lean heavily on Stafford to lead this offense, and with his elbow holding him back, with already some pro—him being prone to big turnover plays— something we saw all across the season. Will he be able to step up and, you know, make those plays, lead this offense? And looking into this Bills game, I think Petey touched on this a bit, but their offensive line definitely took a big downgrade this year with Whitworth retiring. I believe Corbett's left. So, and the Bills are coming in with definitely an improved pass rush, especially with, at the addition of Von Miller. I'm interested to see how that offensive line holds up with that and how Stafford deals with that week one.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, moving on to our next matchup, the first one of the 1 p.m. Eastern time slate, we have the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, starting with the Steelers side, I don't really have much to say about Mitch Trubisky. I think the book is out on him at this point. Um, if he if he can be a real starter this year that would be an achievement to me I don't know if you have anything to add
0: yeah just a little bit on trubisky I agree that we kind of know what we're getting from him at this point I'm looking to see can he keep this starting job as we saw in Chicago he did end up losing that as we've seen with the Steelers over the past decade or so they are a team that is used to winning and do have the potential to be a winning team if he can perform so I'm interested to see what he can do with the talent around him he certainly has a lot of that with Najee Harris Deontay Johnson Claypool Pickens even Fryer and for this uh a matchup in general I'm interested to see how he he deals with the pressure considering the Steelers offensive line still in shambles, and in Chicago, Trubisky did not look the best under duress, and the Bengals have a pretty good defensive line with Hendrickson, Hubbard, Reeder, etc., and I can I could see that affecting him this game. I hope he can overcome that, and we'll yeah. see how that goes.
1: Yeah, nothing much to add there. I don't have the highest hopes from Truiski, if you can tell, but, uh, someone I do have (laughs) high hopes for is Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow, uh, missed some training camp time with the appendix removal, but he's coming off a breakout season where he kind of, kind of cemented himself as arguably the most accurate quarterback in the NFL with like, with pretty good playmaking chops. I would say, um, the anticipation, the touch, they kind of jump off the film, um, this year, I'm kind of looking to see if he can find the best balance for him between aggression and patience. I think he kind of, mm-hmm. for his athletic tools post-injury, he kind of erred a little bit too much on the side of aggression last year. That kind of led to some bad sacks. And I think it's kind of overblown statistically that his sacks were like awful, all of them. But I, I do think he could work on avoiding some of that. And then specifically for this matchup against the Steelers, I, I it's it really just comes down to how many points can they put up because I don't think the Steelers match up well with the receivers at all. I, I really don't think the secondary for the Steelers is is gonna match up with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and all that. So yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah, a little bit on that offseason appendix removal. You know, this is a second off season in a row when Burrow has missed time, obviously with his absolutely shattered knee the previous offseason. So, and he did start off a bit slow as a result of missing a lot of time last offseason, even himself, admittedly. So I'm interested in seeing if this affects him at all, if he bounces back immediately out the gate. Me personally, I think he's going to come out flying as last year. And as PD touched on, he's coming off a season where he definitely ascended into that elite tier of quarterback, was able to lead his team to a Super Bowl, and just be someone we easily consider as a top quarterback in the league. I'm interested to see if he can repeat that sort of season in a loaded AFC conference this year, and if he can continue to build upon that to continue to create a Hall of Fame career. And for the this offseason we've seen them add lyle collins alex kappa head Kara, etc and so i'm hoping to see him be a little bit more comfortable in the pocket this year not that he wasn't last year but he was the most sacked quarterback that shouldn't be as big of a problem this year so i'm hoping to see him you know be poised in the pocket continue to deliver as he was last year and for this week in particular. I'm, for one, interested to see how the new offensive line holds up against a big test in the Steelers' defensive line with T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, etc. And I agree with Petey that I completely believe the Bengals this week will torch the Steelers' secondary. I don't see anyone in that secondary that can keep up with the likes of Jamar, T., Tyler Board, etc., So expect a big week from Joe Burrow. And yeah, moving on to the next matchup. We got my personal favorite as a Niners fan, 49ers at the Bears. Well, and let's get started with Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Um, Mixed reports Uh from training camp, kind of up and down, really, is, is all I can say to describe it. Um, there's some days where I've been looking into it, where he seems to kind of be putting it together, but other days it just looks like his rookie year where it's just like all over the place and like, there's bouts of inaccuracy. Um, I, I really, I, I think that last year he, he just missed way too many passes. Like there was inconsistency in the throwing motion, in the footwork. Um, I, I, I really would like to see that improve this year and then like even in the even in the run game i feel like there's room for improvement i feel like there's times where he kind of just put his shoulder down and expected to power through for first downs so i'm there there's there's an elite toolbox here there's moments of like incredible anticipation there's obviously the arm talent the physical ability the running like all yeah. all that is all that is there in terms of potential but um I just I just wanna like see more of it, I guess, is what I'll say. I, I just I, I I think he's more of a projection right now than anything. And then specifically for this matchup, I, I, I don't really think the Bears have like a huge amount of talent to match up with Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Like I I, I I don't think this should be a difficult matchup for the Niners. I think they really oh, overpower okay. the Bears. But it, it just comes down to how many times can trail hit the target. That's just how
0: it is. For sure. Well, I certainly have a more optimistic view on Lance. As a Niners fan, yeah, I, I definitely watched this camp very closely and his offseason. And personally, I feel like there's a lot of room for excitement going into his first year. Though I know a lot of people have looked at his camp at face value. And definitely, as results-wise, there was a mixed bag. But I feel like this had a lot to do with an inconsistent offensive line all throughout the offseason. We have three new interior line starters after Alex Mack retired, Lakin Tomlinson left in the offseason. I feel like that breeded just too much new new pieces in that offense, as well as Trent and McGlinchey being, getting off days and rest and is sitting out due to injuries as well we had a lot of inconsistency in the front seven. However, if you look at his practices or even the preseason performance where he had his whole offensive line, the whole first unit, he definitely looked a lot better. And when he had a lot more time in the pocket and was able to be comfortable there, a lot of those accuracy struggles and footwork issues did go away. And I think a lot of that comes with, you know, the offensive line definitely needs to help Lance this year. Because yes, Lance at this stage, certainly does have questionable footwork and a lot of accuracy issues. But I think people are rushing him because of the 49ers' recent team success. He's definitely not a finished product yet, but I feel like the potential he showed last season in some of the throws, highlight throws he made are stuff that very few quarterbacks in the league I could see recreate those kinds of plays. And it showed how high his ceiling can really be. And this year particularly, I think he's in one of the best situations a young quarterback can be with his weapons being so elite. I think over the past few years, we saw Jimmy G. He clearly wasn't the answer to the what the 49ers needed. And I think Lance can be so at around that level, if not even better, and only at 22 with plenty of room to grow. And for this matchup... In uh, specific, I don't see the Bears' overall defensive unit being good at all this season. I could even see them being the worst defensive unit in the league. And I believe Lance makes the necessary plays and necessary throws to let his guys eat. But as I said earlier, the interior line scares me and could be harmful, but we will see. Yeah. Moving it's all on about to. That consistency. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on to a very similar prospect on the opposing sides, Justin Fields. What are your thoughts on him, PD? Yeah,
1: mixed bag in the preseason as well for Justin Fields. But I, I, I feel better about Fields than Lance because from what I saw in the preseason, it was more of like a full game stretch where Fields was just on fire, making throw after throw down the field with accuracy and anticipation. And good footwork off deep drops in play action. And there's obviously, like, the flashes of arm strength and the running tools that he has. Um, my question overall for this year is, like, how, how much can he possibly do with that level of supporting cast? Which is, like, the receivers are not very good. The O-line is not very good. The defense is not going to put him in any favorable situations as well. It's just, like, it's just... How much can he do? And can he really be like so good himself that it doesn't matter?
0: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what was said there. I think Fields also had a very up-and-down season last year, much like Lance. But I feel like the reason people feel differently on him, whether positive or negative, is because he played the whole season. So we saw a lot more of the good for Fields, but we also saw a lot more of the bad. And I think that's what differentiates the public opinion with him and Lance, in my opinion. But I think a lot of what they're, a lot of the strengths and weaknesses they have going into the season are very similar. However, I have a hard time believing fields can improve a whole lot this season, given the team around him. I feel like he's got one of the worst supporting casts, if not the worst supporting cast of any young emerging type of quarterback in the league. And I'm concerned, I'm, I am have concerns if he can be consistently accurate as well, as I feel like we didn't see that a whole lot last season. But it's very possible that his elite arm talent and athleticism will be enough to overcome what the Bears have. I'm not too optimistic on that. As far as this matchup goes I think the Niners field an elite offense this year or elite defense this year that's probably going to be a top five unit and especially with a poor offensive line and receivers who I don't know how much separation they're going to get other than Darnell Mooney I don't see this going too well for them I don't expect the Bears to score a whole lot of points this is going to be a rough matchup for them in my opinion and I'm not just saying that Because I'm a Niners fan. But Mm -hmm. it is what it is.
1: All right. right. Moving
0: on, we have the Eagles and Lions. What are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, PD?
1: Oh, boy. So, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is someone I really like. Um, It's to the chagrin of many people I talk to about Jalen Hurts but extremely positive reports coming from training camp and looked really good in the preseason outside of one play where he was uh, fouled on an out-of-bounds play. Yep. I think he kind of escaped the pocket a little earlier than I would like, like half a second maybe. Um, I think the footwork looks more impressive than it did last year. He gets his feet into the ground better. He has better stride length on his drop back. He's not dropping back like nine yards deep on a three-step which is which is good i think um i i i just i just want to see it in a regular season game now and i and i feel like it really could happen this year i think hertz could look like a strong starter this year um this this game in specific against the lions uh, th- this is another one where my only real question is how many points will the eagle score i don't think the lions match up particularly well with the, the volume of playmakers that the Eagles have with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, with Dallas Goddard, with their running backs, with Jalen Hurts himself, like with their offensive line, this, this, Eagles, this Eagles team in general and the offense for our purposes, they just have so much talent and I don't think it's going to go very well for the Lions.
0: Yeah, my thoughts on Hurts, I think this is definitely a prove-it year for Jalen Hurts. The Eagles invested a lot in this offense, as we saw the huge splash move with A.J. Brown, having Devontae Smith, probably the best offensive line unit in the league. He's got every opportunity to succeed. In addition, the Eagles have multiple firsts in the next draft, which is looking to be a loaded QB class. And I've heard plenty of people that are Eagles fans or close to organization thinking that if Hurts doesn't get it done this year, they could use those firsts to make a move if necessary. So it's def- definitely a pivotal year for him. But I don't think, it, me personally, I don't seem think after this season that they're going to be moving on for Hurts. I think in classic Hurts fashion, which we saw a lot in college, he's improved once again this offseason, which we saw in that preseason games. He seemed a lot more poised and comfortable in the pocket, in my opinion. He was very accurate, had a clean drive or two, exactly what you want out of a preseason game of a quarterback like him going into the season. And as far as this matchup goes, the Lions are a rebuilding defense. You know, they've got a couple of nice pieces, but it won't be a great defensive unit. And the Eagles are poised to be one of the best offensive units in the league. I don't see see them pose much of a threat here. I hope Hurts uses this chance to get it going with AJ Brown. Obviously, it's gonna be their first game together, and I just want to see this offense in action. I'm very excited for them.
1: All right, all right. <sighs> moving on, moving on to Jared Goff, man. The Jared goat, Goff, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I do not have much to say about Jared Goff. Is just. But he is at this point a very, very much a product of the talent around him, the scheme, not someone I would really look to to build my franchise around for now. Hope he proves me wrong, though. I, I like to see good quarterback play.
0: Yeah, very similar thoughts on Goff. Uh, he's a bridge quarterback, in my opinion. I think he's gone next year. I expect a lot of the same uh, from last year, Goff. Someone who's just a game manager. Won't be able to lead a team with low overall talent to much. However, the Lions do have a lot of young emerging offensive talent. In the skill positions, you've got Swift, Hawkinson, Amon Rossane-Brown, Jamison Williams when he's back. So I hope Goff is good enough to let those people develop because I think they're going to be... That's a great offensive unit going into the future of Lions football. And they've got a great offensive line now with Jackson, Ragnow, the emergence of Penny Sewell, hopefully this season. So this could be an exciting offense at times because of all these pieces they've got. And I just hope Goff doesn't hold them back. This, uh, This matchup, they're facing a very talented Eagles defense who do have a new defensive coordinator. So maybe they won't just yet put it together week one but it's still a good test for this Lions team. We'll see if they can perform and it'll be a good test for their season. And moving right. on from that, our next matchup is Patriots at Dolphins. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones?
1: Oh boy. Well, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Um, yeah, the training camp process kind of started off a little optimistic. It was like some nice video clips of him playing really well and I got a little excited Mm -hmm. and then every report from that point on was terrible um yeah and then and then watching the preseason it was more terrible um Mm -hmm. I I just I just struggle to see uh how this play calling this year will be good immediately I think there's a chance they could turn it down turn around down the stretch but I'm 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 kind of concerned for Mac Jones the quality of receiver and the quality of the play calling not being good will certainly not help him, and the offensive line is regressing with key trades, key losses. Um, this this could be uh, an, a not fun year for Mac Jones, but I do like him as a player. I liked him a lot as a prospect. I do have high hopes for him in the future. It just might not happen very quickly, and especially against the Dolphins' defense, which is, which is looking to be... Pretty high potential defense, in my opinion. Improving young players all over the place. Um, strong secondary, improving pass rush. Yeah, I think this one could could be bad, um, but maybe Mac Jones is really the player I would love to see, and he just kind of pulls this one out. There's a chance for that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, with Mac Jones coming into the last season, a lot of people were surprised because he ended up having a very average season across all quarterbacks and a very elite season for a rookie quarterback but despite that a lot of people including me still believe he's got a low season low ceiling you know he's got great uh, fundamentals and for a rookie he was extremely accurate but I feel like his lack of arm talent and athleticism will eventually hold him back you know that's something we'll see however I don't know how much this year will be representative of Mac Jones overall I feel like we'll end up seeing a lot of the same of last year and he'll just be around an average starter because of how awful his surround his supporting cast is you know his offense does it is they do have a good offensive line protecting him however I think they have potentially the worst wide receiver group in the league and they don't have an elite running back group along with that either I feel like it's going to be a lot of Mac Jones needing to put the ball in the perfect place in order for this offense to succeed, as well as a lot of help from Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson. As far as this matchup goes, I think the Dolphins have a much improved secondary, and they're going to give a lot of trouble to that poor Patriots receiver core. I think if the Pats can get their passing game going, I don't know if they can get their passing game going, or if they'll just need a win in the ten- trenches on the offensive side of the football to get any offense going, but we will see. Uh, moving on to the other side of this matchup, Tua Tagovailoa. What are your thoughts on him, PD?
1: Ooh, Tua, Tua. Um, I, I don't even want to touch on the training camp. There's just way too much going on there. Um, I think that, I think there's, there's something there with Tua. I think, I think, he has some traits that really have held him back in previous years. And it's not to do with the arm really. Cause I, um, I guess in contrast to you, I don't really have a problem with the ceiling of quarterbacks with like strange arms, I guess. Um, for Tua, it really just comes down to like the plays where he kind of short circuits. It's like the poor processing moments that really cripple him. In my opinion, there's moments under pressure where he's just like, He's just kind of clueless. And I think I think play under pressure isn't very sticky, but there's something to be gleaned from play under pressure in large samples. It kind of hints at high-level processing to me, and that's something that Tua does lack at this point. So oh. for for this year, if he can kind of continue to develop that processing, keep the footwork more consistent, I, I don't like how he gets um, – Brings his feet together quite a, quite often on his dropbacks and in his throwing motion. I think he gets his feet his heels off the ground too often. Um, I think if he can clean up some of those issues, there's a chance for like a very good player here. Um, but but really like I, I I think continuing to improve the accuracy, um, continuing to improve the anticipation and kind of removing those errors that that's that's what will make or break Tua
0: yeah my thoughts on Tua I feel like much like Jalen Hurts although they are in different situations I feel like this is a prove a year for Tua because the Dolphins spent a lot of money and assets to bring in guys like Tyree Kill obviously with the splash trade Teron Armstead was a big move they brought in Chase Edmonds or Mosert, etc all to boost that offense around Tua because over the past few years in his career, he has not had that. In addition to that, they've brought in Mike McDaniels, and he was able to take an offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, at quarterback, multiple deep playoff runs, and that's not an easy task to do. And how do you feel about Tua or not? You know, he definitely has a similar skill set to Jimmy G., I feel like a, a better version of him. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the Dolphins end up running a similar offense with the skill positions they have, who are also similarly similar to the 49 er skill players. And I think if he can continue to be extremely accurate, which he has been, cut out some of those mistakes from earlier in his career, like, for example, last year, threw 10 picks in only 12 games. I think he can run this West Coast-type offense very well and be an average to above-average starter this year. It's very possible. Uh, This matchup, I think the Pat's defense is not particularly talented at all this year. However, Bill Belichick, we all know, he's got a knack for figuring out these young quarterbacks. So I don't know if he'll be able to do it this week, but that's definitely something to look forward to or look into. But I think Tua will be able to beat this Pats defense pretty comfortably, especially with the new and improved offense around him. And, yeah. Moving on to the next matchup, we're looking at the Browns and Panthers. Thoughts on Jacoby Brissett?
1: I do not have thoughts on Jacoby Brissett. You can provide thoughts if you want. I just think that he yeah. he, he, he just lacks high-level processing to me. He just lacks consistency. Um, I don't feel good about him as a starter. I, I know the Browns have a pretty soft schedule, though. So maybe they could rip off some wins, but I don't think it'll be through high-level offense. I, I just, yeah, I don't have much confidence in Brissett.
0: Yeah, similar thoughts here. He's not a starting caliber player to me. Uh, he's just a backup. I'm more looking forward to Watson when he's back. Obviously, we, we're both in agreement here on this podcast. Not the best person, but great quarterback. And I'm excited to see how he's going to be in that Browns offense. You know, especially, you know, that's a very top-heavy uh, skill position group, I got to say. Because outside of Mari Cooper, that receiving group is kind of kind of cooked. And I expect them to rely a lot on Chubb and Hunt and Amari this year, especially with uh, Brissette there. Uh, they're facing a Panthers defense with a lot of young talent, with Brian Horn, Brian Burns, Horn, et cetera. But they have a lot of holes still. And I think this is a good litmus test for how bad the Browns offense will be with Brissette because if they struggle this week, I think they'll struggle the rest of this 11-game suspension for Watson. Uh, Moving on to the Browns' former quarterback from last year, having his revenge game here, Baker Mayfield. I think this is a very exciting game for Baker. You know, obviously the Browns did him dirty, and this is his chance to kind of get back. But as far as football goes, he was very good this preseason for the Panthers, I'm looking to see, can we see a return of 2020 Baker, who was very good that second half of the year and almost led the Browns, historically not a good franchise, to a playoff win. I'm going to pay attention to how all his shoulder and arm problems from last year healed, if it's a recurring thing or if it was just last year, and if his accuracy can go back to where it was at an elite level two years ago, or if it's poor like it was last year. Uh, I'm excited to see him work with CMC in his return. And I'm hoping for a DJ Moore emergence with him having the best quarterback he's ever had. And though they add Econu, Econu or however you pronounce his name in the draft, and a couple of free agents, I think that O-line is still very questionable. And I want to see how it can hold up against Garrett and Clowney in that pass rush. And can Baker perform under the press under this pressure? Because he's going to be facing that pretty much all season.
1: Yeah, um, some similar thoughts there. I thought he looked good in the preseason, not great, and kind of like kind of had moments of being talked up in training camp. My big question is is actually his health. How how much has that shoulder injury from last year and playing through that? How much has that affected him long term? And Similar to you, I had questions with the offensive line. How much can they actually block someone like Miles Garrett? And then you also touched on the accuracy, but pre twenty twenty one he was pretty accurate. And in twenty twenty one, without the help of his left shoulder, it was just it was just all over the place. Some of that is honestly like mechanical issues with his footwork, where he kind of just over at times. He kind of just doesn't get his foot all the way into the ground. I, I just I just want him to, like, I want to see him improve mechanically, improve physically, and maybe then that has a chance to power the Panthers' offense.
0: For sure, for sure. Looking into the next matchup, we got the Colts and Texans, and starting off with Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. What I'm looking to him for this year is, will he bounce back from a bit of a down year last year? Obviously, the Falcons weren't the best offense last year, but statistically, he did have a bit of a down year, and he is now 37 years old. Time really flies, but you know, this year he does have a much better supporting cast, so it's likely that he can return to the Matt Ryan we've seen of years prior, but there's likely not going to be much progression from him. Uh, this team did just miss the playoffs last year due to. Carson Wentz, who we'll get into later later in this podcast. So, I'm looking to see, can they do it this year with an improved quarterback and hopefully a healthier offensive line. Uh, looking at this matchup, the Texans' defense is awful. There's nothing much more I could say about that. I think JT, just like last year, he's going to feast versus the Texans and I don't expect to see a whole lot from Ryan this week, but because of that, but hopefully we'll see more of him in future matchups.
1: Yeah, um Matt Ryan in this one I don't really have many questions about, but in general, I think he looked kind of rusty or kind of off in the preseason and my big question is like I see like serious decline with his arm and his ability to control the ball like and put it wherever he wants. Like this is one of the guys that was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league at one point and is kind of like I really do think it's declining for him. Um, specifically with this matchup, I, my question is how many yards can they put up? Like, It's, it's just really a bad matchup. It, it has been for years with the Texans, really. And um, yeah, how many yards can they get through the play action? How many yards can they get on the ground? How much will Matt Ryan even have to do in this game, like you said? Yeah, but overall in this season, how, how much can he fight off other time is my real question.
0: Yeah, this is definitely going to be a blowout. But looking at the other side, we got Davis Mills. Personally, I'm not convinced he's a franchise quarterback after what I've seen last season. He definitely showed flashes, but overall I felt like he ran a very oversimplified offense that you don't usually see someone of a starting caliber running, something I'd expect out of a backup. I just feel like he's just not got enough potential for me if I wanted to build, you know, my whole franchise around somebody. I expect him to probably play himself out of starting role this season, if anything. And I think the Texans will be looking for their true franchise guy at the head of next year's draft. I do hope he proves me wrong, though. He definitely has shown he can do that. Maybe his game progressives over the course of the year. Uh... And looking into this matchup, the Colts do have a great defensive line that could starter Mills, who is typically bad versus pressure. But the rest of the defense has a ton of question marks, a lot of holes. Darius Leonard, we don't know how he's going to return from back surgery. Hopefully good. And Gilmore, you know, he's getting up in age. We don't know if he's still going to be that elite guy we saw in years prior. I think Mills... Should be able to take advantage of a very questionable secondary in Indianapolis, and yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I think Mills got a lot of hype in his rookie year. I think he was kind of deserved it towards the end, um, but the starting point for his rookie season was quite low, and it kind of set the expectations pretty low for me in general. Um, I do like the trajectory of improvement that he showed, but to me, he he like. We did discuss earlier with another quarterback, I forget who, um, he just kind of lacks very high level processing to me. And I think he doesn't really make up for it with elite athleticism. So if you don't have either of those tools in your toolkit, it's hard for me to view your upside as great stuff, really. And then my question is, can the Texans really score enough to keep, keep, keep pace with the Colts offense? Because... I don't expect the Colts' offense to be slowing down at all. Um, I think I feel okay about some of the matchups in the passing game for the Texans, but really, like, I don't think they have the talent to match up in general here.
0: Yeah. Moving on to another matchup in the South, New Orleans at Atlanta, starting off with Jameis Winston, who came back as a starter last year after being a backup for a year and seemed to be much improved. He was much more accurate and poised, in my opinion. Way less careless with the football, showed his athleticism, and led winning football with a supporting cast that wasn't anything insane. Unfortunately, he did miss a lot of time due to that torn ACL, which ended his season. So one of my biggest questions is, which Jameis are we going to get? Are we going to get the Jameis we saw last year, or is he going to revert back to Tampa Jameis? I'm excited to see him link up with his new weapons. They obviously drafted Olave, signed Jarvis Landry. You got Michael Thomas returning from his season-long injury, as well as Alvin Kamara being there as well. The Saints have a great offensive line, too, probably one of the top units in the league. So if Jameis does his job, this could be a good offense. Uh, Looking into this matchup in particular, the Falcons do have some bright spots in like AJ Terrell, Gr- Grady Jarrett, Casey Hayward, etc. But overall, I I gotta say the Falcons defense it sucks. Uh, the pass rush probably being their worst at worst asset for sure. And I think the Jameis and the Saints take full advantage of that, put up pretty good performance here. Get their season started well.
1: Yeah. Um. I kind of. I kind of look the other way when james winston's support comes up on my screen really I, I i didn't really see much to say he was a decidedly different quarterback than he was in tampa from last year i i do think the lower volume kind of helped him because it kind of avoided situations where he would put the ball in arm's way by giving him easier setups but i just think in general his tendency to put the ball in harm's way will be present no matter what. At this point in his career, there's too much of a sample for him to like become t- completely turnover averse. If you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. I think I question his ability to be great movement wise early in the season coming off that tourney CL and. I, I think I, I do think he improved in terms of turnover avoidance last year, but can he improve that trajectory? I, I really do question that. For this matchup specifically, um, can the Falcons really generate anything in terms of pass, re- pass rush? I don't really think so. Um, and can Casey Hayward and AJ Terrell match up with the likes of Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave? Yeah, those are my questions.
0: Well, speaking of a quarterback who's come after, come after a a stint of being a backup the other side we got Marcus Mariota who honestly I'm surprised he's got a starting job in the NFL uh he's for the better part of three years now he's been a gadget player slash backup type of guy honestly didn't see much from that time period that would lend me to believe he's a starter so that surprised me but we kind of know what to expect from him. I think he'll be gone by next season, as most people anticipate. But I just hope he helps Pitts and London develop, who are both very great prospects for this team. They're going to be pillars of that offense for the future. I just hope he can help their development, and it's not a wasted season for them. As far as this matchup goes, I think the Saints are have a great defensive unit this year. So I don't expect a whole lot from Atlanta's offense week one, for sure. Yeah,
1: with Mariota, another guy, like we mentioned with Davis Mills, with Jacoby Brissett, I think he just kind of lacks high-level processing to take him to that higher tier of quarterbacks. I just have too many questions with Mariota at this point to declare him anything as like a low-end starter, maybe high-end backup, one of those two. Um, as for this matchup, I don't, I don't really think the Falcons are ready to match up with the Saints' defense. Um, in terms of their offensive line play, in terms of what the Saints bring defensively in their pass rush, I think it could be a day with heavy pressure
0: for Mariota. Well, moving back up north, we're looking at the Jets at the Ravens. First off, Zach Wilson. I gotta say, I first. Of all, I just hope he's ready to go. We saw him have a season-ending injury last year. He's had some knee problems this offseason as well. I'm just hoping, first and foremost, he starts the season off healthy and stays that way. As far as play, I think he's extremely talented. I I love his arm talent in particular. but I feel like his accuracy woes were very apparent last year, and his mechanics ended up being quite poor. I feel like he can improve at reading defenses as well. Hopefully, he'll feel a little bit more comfortable in the pocket this year as the Jets did improve their offensive line quite a bit. And they definitely surrounded him with a lot more talent than guys like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, etc. I think the Makai Becton injury is going to be a huge loss for him. but, And it could mean another below-average Jets offensive line. But I think he's just got to make best of a tough situation for him. Uh, This matchup in particular, I expect the Ravens' defense to be very good this year. Elite defense for sure. So looking at Wilson, I can he make those tough throws under pressure? I think his receivers aren't going to get a lot of separation. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure in his face all day. It's going to be a tough day for him. I just hope they can draw some positives and move on to the next week
1: um zach wilson recently declared out for this game and probably until like week four they say so i didn't have much to say about him for this matchup specifically um i think as as in terms of looking for what to expect this year in general um kind of a mixed training camp but like a lot more positive than negative and the positive flashes seem like very real from any clips I've seen from any beat recording that I've seen um for Wilson like my my biggest question is the footwork the footwork is just really all over the place and it and it's most apparent on short passes really we kind of just throw screen screen passes check downs into the ground or a couple of feet over his receiver's heads it it kind of looks pretty ugly at times. Um, Another question I have is just generally, how can he balance the aggression with the patience? I think he's kind of hunting for the downfield shot too much. And and granted, the, the Jets don't. The Jets' play calling last year at times was really poor. They don't present him with great options or spacing. And so he kind of just goes on instinct I guess and that's not really the best decision at this level it's up to him to kind of learn that learn to not force passes into coverage or bail on the po- bail on clean pockets in search of a downfield shot um, yeah big big thing that you said earlier there I just hope that he can stay healthy once he returns and yeah for Joe Flacco I don't have anything written down so
0: well speaking of a quarterback who dealt with a bit of injury problems last year lamar jackson lamar you know we all saw his all-time great 2019 mvp season followed by being very good in 2020 and started off 2021 pretty hot but he had a couple of poor performances and then ended up getting injured staying out the rest of the year well this offseason definitely a lot of hype surrounding him coming back and having a great comeback year and honestly i'm buying fully into the hype we saw last year he improved massively as a passer and in my opinion he went from being someone who was average at reading defenses to honestly someone at a very high level early 2021 and i expect a lot more of that this season i'm expecting a massive year from jackson maybe not so much on the rushing end i think the rushing regression he's had in every year is going to continue this year, but I expect a very improved passing Lamar Jackson this year. As far as this offense, this uh, matchup goes, the Jets are likely to have a very below average defense. Uh, Lamar does not have a whole lot of weapons offensively, other than Mark Andrews or Sean Bateman. But I still expect him to beat this defense pretty comfortably. I'm excited to see the Sauce Gardner versus Rashad Bateman matchup. But other than that, I don't see the Jets being able to hold this Ravens offense. And I expect a big week out of them.
1: Yeah, um, for for the Lamar things that you touched on for last year, I'm not sure I would say it's like reading defenses as much as it's like finding a great balance between the aggression and patience because I think it's more like he he had the ability to read defenses it's more of like could he dial back the aggression just a little bit and the real like massive thing for me was the footwork just the footwork was just kind of amazing at the beginning of the year I would say and I mean it didn't hold up down the stretch um down the stretch Lamar kind of got little too aggressive, a little too greedy. And I really, I hope for his sake that he kind of can dial it back because right now the trajectory of his career kind of isn't heading in the right direction. Um, I still would project him to play well this year um, because of the large sample of great play that he's shown in the past. But it's, it's kind of a downward trajectory. The training camp reports do seem positive-ish. There's something going on with the contract dispute. I don't want to read too much into that. But for this matchup specifically against the Jets, I don't think they have very much resistance for Lamar's elite level of rushing. And I think that Mark Andrews is kind of a mismatch for the Jets. So if he kind of runs a lot, targets Mark Andrews a lot, I think they're in good shape for this matchup. I I don't see... The Jets offering a huge amount of
0: resistance. Yeah, I expect a big day out of the Ravens. Uh, moving on to two teams, not necessarily as prolific. We got the Jaguars at the Commanders with Trevor Lawrence. I've Honestly, I've been on the Trevor Lawrence hype train since college, and personally, I'm still there. I truly believe he's going to break out this year. And honestly, I only see the Jaguars team potentially not around him, not being the best holding him back. But that's about it. The offseason and preseason hype around him has been unbelievable. And personally, and I think it's justified after he was able to turn his season around after a very rocky start, he certainly has a lot less excuses this year. You know, with the addition of a healthy ETN, they threw a bag at Christian Kirk. Brandon Scherf, et cetera, to this offense. But his supporting cast still isn't anything special. Definitely improved for last year, though. I hope to see him reduce the, some of the poor decisions he made that made him so bad to start off, and even towards the end of the year. I want to see more of the some person we were supposed, to, who was supposed to be a generational reader of defenses and someone who ran high-level offenses at a very young age and less of the turnover happy rookie we ended up seeing last year. Other than that, I think his mechanics and look uh accuracy also looked somewhat shaky at times last year. I hope he can build off the little improvement he had at the end of last year and be more be more consistent in those ways over the course of this season. As far as this matchup goes, uh, with Chase Young out to start the year, I expect the average to below-average defense out of Washington. And with how high I am on T-Law, I hope he can get the year started off right with a good start versus a very mediocre defense.
1: Yeah, for Lawrence, I I, I share some of the same optimism, but I am a little bit more tempered with it because I, I do... I did have a very high grade on him as a prospect so my prior on him is quite high but I do think it could potentially take some time to work out I I remember when Andrew Luck was going into his second year after like um I would say a slightly overhyped rookie season I'd say um and he kind of he kind of never took care of the ball very well until kind of late in his career and I think that that is a very real possibility for Lawrence. I don't think that throwing the ball to the defense is something that just disappears in one season. And I, I feel like saying it's rookie mistakes, I mean, it's possible, but that's not always the most likely outcome. And for him specifically, I think the aggression is just a little too much um, right now. And also I think that for him getting his feet into the ground more consistently and throwing the ball kind of with the same motion every time would do wonders for his accuracy. His accuracy is not awful, but it's, it definitely it, it definitely was better in college to me. And I don't know what the coaching has to do with that, but it, it, it really could get better for him. Um, as far as this matchup with the Commanders, I do agree that their pass rush has diminished. But I also think that their secondary had kind of like an outlier bad year. Most of their awful plays came on third down and it's kind of a smaller sample. So I don't necessarily think they will be a poor defense. I think there's, there's still that chance, but I think they could be an improved defense. And I think this is kind of an even matchup really between the Jags Mm -hmm. offense and the commanders defense, which I both think are kind of meh units.
0: Well, interesting. Well, Though we've got, you know, different perceptions of Trevor Lawrence, I think we can both agree that, on the other side, Carson Wentz, well, he he just sucks. There isn't much more to say. But, jokes aside, Wentz is in a pretty good situation here uh, in Washington with no real quarterback competition, a good offensive line, probably one of his better receiving cores he's had in his career, and a decent RB situation, I suppose. But this team does have the roster to potentially make a playoff push in the NFC if Wentz can limit some of those boneheaded plays that made him so bad last year and if he can show a little bit more pocket presence and athleticism that we saw earlier in his career. However, I don't really expect this out of him. As far as this matchup, the Jags defense is improving with all the young defensive talent coming in from all losing season after losing season. But it's still going to be below average, especially week one. And I think the commanders have to show out with the big performance here or else it's going to be a long season for them.
1: Yeah, for Wentz, I I honestly, <laughs> you, you said we would agree uh, immediately, but I honestly think that like, it it might be going too far with Wentz. I still think there's a place for him in this league as a starter, even with what he put on tape in 2021. I think doing playing poorly in a big spot can influence people's opinions a little too much. And I think while I wouldn't take him as my starter for a long term, I think he can still be like an average-ish starter in this league. And so... I, I, and I don't I don't think you can go very far with Carson Wentz as your starter but I do think there's something in there for him to be a starter a bridge quarterback long term um in terms of the turnovers yeah they are pretty ugly they're pretty poor but I also think he makes up some of it with like explosive plays downfield um overall I think he does lack great decision making of course but it's just like that mixed bag, it just kind of leads to mediocre quarterback play and not like awful quarterback play. He's definitely very limiting to the offense, I will say that. Um, specifically for this matchup against the Jaguars, I still think the Jaguars are very much in development. I would love to see Wentz it out to Terry McLaurin a couple times this game because I don't think anyone can, on the Jags defense can match up with him. So yeah, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. people may be a bit too harsh on Wentz, but moving on to someone who I don't think people are being too harsh on, in the Giants-Titans matchup, we got Daniel Jones. My opinion, Daniel Jones has proven over the course of his career so far, he's not a franchise guy. I don't expect that to change whatsoever this year. I think the Giants let him play the season out, and... Like a lot of other teams I've said, they're looking for their guy in next year's draft or maybe even later on. But it's definitely not Daniel. And I think he's going to help their tank beautifully. That's my take on him. And what do you think, PD?
1: Yeah, I don't have much to say on Daniel Jones. I just think I wasn't the hottest on him as a prospect. I'm not the hottest on him now. He he certainly overachieved from what my median outcome was for him but um yeah it's just it's just not very good it's not a very good situation in in New York for them um I think the coaching will be improved because it can't really get worse than Joe Judge last year but I really I'm not really sure it can provide much more than average material for Daniel Jones
0: yeah not looking so good for Danny Dimes uh, someone whose future may also be a little bit in question right now Ryan Tannehill and though I feel like Ryan Tannehill has been a good quarterback for the Titans since he's gotten them led them to the playoffs multiple times and especially last year with a terrible supporting cast around him the Titans showed they lack complete trust in him by drafting Malik Willis I feel like and I'm interested to see how Tannehill and the Titans handle that situation and if anything even happens of it this year, or if they're just redshirting Willis for the future, Tannehill is 33, I believe. With his type of quarterback, I don't know how much longer he'll be able to play. So maybe it's just that, but maybe it could be more. We will see. I also, me personally, I don't see Tannehill as a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. I think we saw in the playoffs that he wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, but in my opinion, he just doesn't do enough right to get take you all the way. However, I think it is a little unfair how the Titans have consistently made the team worse around him and still blame him a little more than they should for their playoff failures. And, you know, that is what it is. Uh, looking into this matchup, uh, though I think the Giants' defense has a lot of pass rush upside, I think they won't realize it this early into the season. And I expect the Titans, in particular, Derrick Henry, to have their way with this defense. And I'm interested to see how Tannehill links up with his new targets in Traylon Merckx and Robert Woods.
1: Yeah, for I'm I'm probably higher on Tannehill than you. Um, I for sure. I'm I'm a big believer in kind of accuracy, and that's something that Tannehill has a lot of, and he's pretty aggressive firing the ball into tighter windows. Um, it's just the speed of processing the game for him is is really it's it's slower than I would like it to be. Um, but even then, with the aid of like deep drops with play action, that some of that can be countered and give Tannehill a little bit more time to process. And if you do give him that extra time, he will pick you apart. He is, he is really, really, really accurate. He's aggressive pushing the ball down the field into those intermediate tight windows. Um, my, my question is, can he improve in the pure dropback game without an excess of time with this regressing pass blocking unit? And then how will he offset his kind of aging curve? Because he is, I think he is losing some of his fastball. And for this matchup specifically, can the Titans do anything to stop Henry in the play action game? Because I think the answer is no there.
0: Well, moving on from some of these, you know, to be honest, pretty boring matchups. We got probably one of the highlight matchups of the week with Chargers of the Raiders. To start off, we got Justin Herbert, who personally, that's my GOAT, by far outside of Trey Lance, my favorite quarterback in the league, and I've been high on him since his Oregon days, and he's my clear favorite for MVP going into this year. Um, we might talk about it later, but I'll say it right now. I believe he's done everything a young quarterback can do to prove he's an elite quarterback in this league, and it was a clear top five quarterback last year. I hope he can build off of that season with another elite type of season. I hope to see him push the ball more downfield and be a little bit even more aggressive. I feel like the lack of aggressive play calling was holding him back. And I think we saw what he could do with his back against the wall, being aggressive in that Raiders game. I think we can see a whole lot more of that in Herbert throughout the year. And I think Herbert, deep ball Herbert's the best type of Herbert. He's got one of the prettiest long games in the whole league, and I want to see a lot more of that. I think that can elevate him from just an elite quarterback to someone competing for Hall of Fame level, if he can put a couple, string a couple more of these seasons or over the better portion of the next decade or two. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the Herbert doubt comes from casuals, to be honest, talking about how he can't win or he didn't win the last two years. And what I'm looking forward to this year is him dispelling that narrative because the Chargers vastly improved this team especially their defense which was abysmal last year and I expect a lot more of a winning season this year and seeing Herbert dispelled that narrative as far as this defense goes uh, this uh, matchup goes I think the Raiders defense has some stars but it also has quite a few holes and I think Herbert and that char- explosive Chargers offense is going to exploit that secondary uh, quite a bit. I think that his improved offensive line uh, should be able to handle that the Raiders' pass rush from Crosby and Chandler Jones. But if not, I still expect Herbert to deliver under the pressure, which he has across his career
1: yeah Herbert's kind of an interesting archetype of quarterback to me. he he pushes he he has the ability to push the ball down the field. and with that, you would kind of expect like a high variance quarterback with his kind of athletic tools. but he's kind of played more like a short passing quarterback who doesn't commit very many errors. And I think that's kind of led some people to believe he has one of the highest ceilings in the NFL or maybe one of the highest ceilings ever really because he doesn't turn the ball over that much and he has so much physical talent but to me i think there are areas for him to improve his balance between the aggression and the patience i think that he kind of is kind of programmed at this point i don't know what's going on with the coaching but this is not the player i really saw at oregon the player at oregon was more of like the player i described earlier where he's extremely aggressive he might turn the ball over but You know, he kind of bounces out somewhere. That's not what we're seeing in the NFL. He's kind of firing the ball into tight windows underneath. He's not turning the ball over at all. He's keeping the ball out of harm's way at all costs, really. And I think it kind of bleeds even into some of his accuracy, where I would like to see him put the ball in the breadbasket more instead of protecting his receiver from coverage and kind of throw for more yards even that way Um, specifically for this matchup I think the Raiders don't really have the coverage bodies to match up with the Chargers receivers Um, my real question is can the Chargers keep pace with the Raiders offense
0: yeah I definitely agree there that we'd both love to see the more aggressive Herbert but moving on to the opposite side Derek Carr, who I think's got a lot of pressure this year, I've got to say. You know, at this point in his career, we've kind of seen the same Derek Carr over the course of the last three to four years, and I expect another year of that for the most part. Last year, in props to him, as in a season full of turmoil with the Rugs incident, obviously, and the whole Gruden situation, he was still able to post numbers that we were you – know, very familiar with with Derek Carr and still led that team to the playoffs and I respect that a lot about him this season I think we'll truly see whether or not Carr can make that leap into the elite tier of quarterbacks which we quite haven't seen him yet he's usually just a smidge below or even more depending on how you look at it and I think with the Raiders adding Devontae Adams getting a healthy Darren Waller back this year I believe He's got the weapons around him to be that guy. However, I don't think Carr is that guy, and I think we'll continue to see the same Carr. Uh, I am interested to see how fast the Carr-Adams connection develops. They clearly seem to have a great friendship, and they were a lethal duo at Fresno State. Uh, Looking into this matchup, I think I'm interested to see how that horrible Raiders O-line will hold up against Joey Bosa and Kahlil Mack, and how Carr is responding to that because I think he's going to face a lot of pressure this whole season and the real question is will the Raiders skill players be enough to win this game or will the problems in the trenches be too much to hold them back
1: yeah um I echo some of the same sentiments with Derek Carr um I think I think there's some traits to really like about Carr. I think he's extremely accurate and I think he has positive mobility and some traits with his arm. I do like as well, but to me, it's just like, I think too much of his production down the stretch is being blamed on the supporting cast that he had. And I think um, people have kind of like a tendency to overstate the value that supporting cast has for quarterback play for certain quarterbacks. And it's just, I think too much of what's going on down the stretch there with Derek Carr was Derek Carr. And it's just, he has an issue balancing the aggression and the patience, which is something I talked about with other quarterbacks and needing to improve. And at this point, I'm I'm not really sure how much more we can get out of Derek Carr. And it, it looked really good at the start of the season where he was kind of not really turning the ball over. He was, they were being given like great schemed up downfield shots and he was taking advantage of all that, but it kind of fell off when he was kind of asked to create on his own. So those are kind of the questions I have. And then for this matchup specifically, will the synergy between Car and Adams be there immediately? And in general, can anyone cover these receivers? I know they'll probably have to get the ball out quicker than they want to because this pass rush really overpowers that offensive line but I'm not sure that the cornerbacks can hold up against that level of receiving talent for very long at all.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Going on from one divisional matchup to another in the NFC, we got the Packers at the Vikings this week. And starting off with Aaron Rodgers, you know, at this stage of Aaron Rodgers' career, we know exactly what we're getting from him. Two back-to-back MVPs, You know, an arguably top five quarterback all time. I'm expecting more of that same elite play from him and nothing less. You know, I think we've seen enough to hold that standard for him. One thing that does warrant major concern for me is I think the supporting cast for Rodgers is going to be the worst he's ever had. And despite his play, this is definitely going to hurt that offense that offensive line's declining, and it's facing a lot of injuries this preseason and offseason, uh, and I think this is the worst receiving core he's ever had, and as we saw against even the 49ers in the playoffs last year, he wasn't able to, or was reluctant to trust some of his other guys that wasn't Devontae Adams, so I'm very interested to see how he changes that aspect of his game this year, In all honesty, I'm a little surprised he didn't, leave the team. I know that was a huge topic in this year's offseason. I thought he was going to be done with the Packers. Was a little surprised when he re-signed, so let's see what he can do with that. Uh, Looking into this matchup, I think the Vikings are putting out a good defensive unit this year. Definitely above average. I expect a little bit of a shock to the system this year uh, to start this game because you know, Rogers typically dominates the Vikings, but I think with a struggling Packers old line, I think they won't be ha- able to handle the Vikings pass rush quite well enough. However, Rogers has always and will always owned the NFC North. You know, that's just how it's been. So maybe he taps in the, into that and gets that offense going eventually later into the game. I'm excited to see what happens.
1: Yeah, for Rodgers, a lot of negative negativity this offseason has been with that trade issue and those receivers. Um, I just want to point out that Rodgers hasn't excelled without a top receiver talent, that being Jordy Nelson, uh, Devontae Adams, a kind of combination of uh, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings early on in his career. He hasn't excelled without one of those guys or multiple of those guys. The only evidence that we really do have is when Jordy Nelson was injured in 2015 and it did not go well for him. He probably played the worst year of his career up to that point. Um, The O-line is experiencing injuries all over the place. And so that brings me to this week's matchup where it's against a gradually improving Vikings defense. And I don't know if it'll be too much fun for Rodgers to match up with them. And it's going to be difficult unless he just kind of gets hot, I guess, which he is prone to do, He kind of gets into a rhythm and just can't miss. So there's a chance for that, of course.
0: Yep. Yeah. And moving on to the other side with the Vikings, we've got Kirk Cousins. And to be honest with him, I feel like a lot of the same sentiments as Derek Carr applies here, as we've seen him across the last three or four seasons be the guy we know to be Kirk Cousins and I don't expect a whole lot different here I am interested to see if he can make the leap again from that tier just below that elite tier of quarterbacks to be an elite guy we will see however unlike Carr I don't think his team necessarily improved I think that offensive line is still as bad as it was last year but you know their skill positions are great obviously Jefferson's expected to emerge and be probably maybe the best receiver in the league this year and he's got guys like Cook, Thelan, you know he's got weapons for sure. Uh, I'm interested to see him in a new offensive scheme. It's supposed to be focused a lot more upon uh, Dalvin and specifically Justin Jefferson and I see him being a perfect facilitator type of guy to get all these elite weapons high production. Uh, I still don't expect a lot of progression from him this season from previous years, but I hope he is able to deal with a lot of pressure in his face. He has been in previous years, and I think he's likely going to be facing that all season this year. Uh, looking into this game, I think the Packers' defensive strong suit is certainly their pass rush, what combats perfectly with the Vikings' weakness. So that's going to be something to look at. And this is another case of with will Kirk and the skill position mismatches be enough to score with this offense or will their uh, problems in the trenches be too much to overcome?
1: Yeah, I think you've touched on a very important point that I want to jump off there with Kirk's management of pressure. And I think in years past, he kind of had a tendency to short circuit under pressure. Like we talked about with someone like Tua, where it was just like, he would just kind of make, weird dumb mistakes under pressure and I think last year the reason that I think that he improved quite a bit was that he kind of started to check the ball down better when he was under pressure and didn't like totally go bonkers when he was under pressure Um and I think that as he gets integrated into this new Kevin O'Connell system and as he faces this matchup against the Packers in week one I think that pocket presence is an important point to bring up because I think the Vikings' O-line is kind of overmatched against this very, very talented Packers pass rush. And he, I think he might need to stand in and take some hits and deliver the ball down the field, which I think he can improve in, and he has shown the ability to do so in the past. So we'll see if that keeps going in that direction.
0: Yeah. Moving on from this matchup to another matchup, which I think is going to be one of the best of this week. We got the Chiefs at the Cardinals. And coming in with another one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes. And I think Patrick Mahomes, this offseason especially, has been a very, has been a quarterback in a lot of conversations because he's a very polarizing, electrifying quarterback, someone who I'd even say is the most electrifying player in all of sports. However, last year he did have a clear down regular season and even postseason from his previous stints, and it led to a lot of conversation. A lot of people still view Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league, someone on the path to GOAT status, and some all think of him as overrated and maybe not even all that. I definitely fall somewhere in the middle. I do see Mahomes as an elite quarterback, certainly not someone I'd say is the guaranteed number one. And probably not even going to be my number one quarterback next season. But I do still think he's elite and can lead one of the best offenses in the league. One thing I'm interested in seeing this season is he's probably going to have the most pressure he's had on this team in his entire career with Tyreek Hill gone. I feel like Tyreek Hill opened up a lot for this Chiefs offense. And especially with him gone and an aging Kelsey not really a great receiver core or running back room around him. I think there's a lot of pressure on Mahomes to perform this year and be someone who can put the ball on the money consistently to lead this offense downfield. And I do think he's up for the task. I still think I think Mahomes comes in with a top 3 season this year. And looking into this matchup, me personally, I've been harping on this off all-off season. I think the Cardinals, it's very underrated how poor they are in a lot of their position groups, and especially defense here. I think even with the lack of talent around him, I think Mahomes is able to torch this defense, and I expect a big day out of him.
1: Yeah, coming off a kind of down year where defenses continue to go on the trend that was shown in late stages of 2020, where you kind of try to keep Mahomes in the pocket as much as possible, let his deep drop back do the work for you and kind of push off and get sacks, uh, force him to be patient, um, and force him to check the ball down, which he doesn't really want to do. He doesn't like checking the ball down. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, a lot of discourse saying that he's underrated because of things like you know, the ESPN poll and quarterback ranking lists that come out. Um, I question whether he can bring back that 2018 and 2019 and 20 levels of playmaking this year. And can he learn to marry that level of playmaking with the patience that he needs to kind of cement himself as a real GOAT candidate, in my opinion. Um, And the real big question for me with this Chiefs offense in general is how will the decline of Travis Kelsey continue to affect them? can Travis Kelsey kind of bounce back? And how will he, how will Mahomes um, marry himself with the new archetypes at receiver? Because Juju and Sky Moore are kind of a little bit more route-running centric than someone like Tyreek Hill or McCole Hartman or Sammy Watkins that he's had in the past. And I'm interested to see how, how they kind of match up with the Cardinals secondary, which isn't very good. I think there could be some major fireworks from the Chiefs in week one.
0: Yeah, and looking at another high-level quarterback with a lot to prove this season, Kyler Murray, you know, this offseason's been a huge fiasco with him, which is extension, a lot of questions about how much he loves the game, stuff about him now watching film. I feel like a lot of that is just, you know, a lot of bullshit, to be quite honest. I haven't really seen any lack of work ethic, or things of that nature with Kyler Murray. And I feel like he will come out and prove that this year. One thing that does worry me and has worried me throughout his career is with his small frame. He definitely has had his fair share of health problems. And as a result, every year we've seen his uh, rushing upside go down. I see that happening once again. Hopefully that's not something that plagues him his whole career, but we have seen over the course of the year, these last few seasons, he ends up declining, and it's always due to some sort of injury, some sort of problems, because peak Kyler Murray, both of the last two seasons, has been an MVP candidate, extremely accurate, amazing playmaker. But then we see injured Kyler Murray, who's not so accurate, not so athletic, and just isn't able to do just as much on the football field. And looking into his the team around him this year, I don't know how much, how helpful they're going to end up being, considering, you know, his off, offensive line probably going to be, once again, no, not, probably not a top half offensive line. His running back room, they've lost Chase Edmonds, and James Conner, I'm still not fully convinced he's, a, you know, that guy. His receiving core, they have added Hollywood Brown, but... With Hop being out for six games, I feel like they don't have a whole lot of receiving prowess as well. I think this is going to come down a lot to what Kyler Murray can do this season once again. And looking into this uh matchup in particular, as I said, with the Chiefs offense being very high scoring this week, I think this is just going to be a shootout type of game because... I don't see the chief secondary being locked down this year as well. And I think Kyler's going to be able to have a big, a bunch of big plays. I think him and Hollywood rekindle their connection from Oklahoma immediately. And I just think this is going to be a high flying fun game to watch. I'd be watching if I were you.
1: Yeah, I, I will be watching this matchup. There's, there's no chance I missed that. Um, kind of a mixed bag for Kyler Murray in the offseason to put it lightly very dramatic um with all that contract negotiation stuff that I don't really want to get into um I think the addition of Hollywood Brown is really big I think someone who can maximize Kyler Murray's deep ball passing which I think the deep ball passing is kind of already heading towards all-time great status for a young player um I think he he continues to improve over the middle of the field gradually. Um, I think kind of using his vision in between um, his offensive line and kind of having a better feel for what's coming open based on what he sees in coverage, I think that's kind of improving as well. It was really poor as a rookie and extremely below average in 2020, and it got kind of mediocre last year. And I think if we continue to see that improve to like Decent or solid, he could be continue. He could continue to improve, and if we see Kyler Murray continue to improve, that's kind of that that is an elite quarterback in my mind um, for this matchup specifically. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to be right. putting up points. Moving Can he match up too with that, that Chiefs offense? Bucks and kind of lead the, the Cardinals to points as well. We and I are starting yes. off with Tom Brady. Tom Brady coming off retirement, <laughs> coming off retirement and offseason. <laughs> Can, my question is, can Brady's arm continue to hold up through his age 45 season? I think it's pretty incredible how good it's looked in the preseason for his age. Um, and how will his foot speed look kind of as he continues to age and that kind of chips away at his quickness? Um, some more uh-huh, questions. Uh-huh. How much will Brady push the ball down the field or hold it longer um, on long developing plays with the injuries to the offensive line. I know he's elite at getting the ball out of his hands, putting the ball on the money, uh, but can he kind of unlock that kind of quick deep passing game that he also has in the bag? And then my last question for the season overall, um, how will his general level of play be impacted without Chris Godwin and that combination of the O-line injuries? Because for me... Brady's impact is at its best when he has the best supporting cast possible because his traits make great offenses into all-time great offenses.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Brady's offseason was certainly, one, filled with drama. You know, he retired, unretired. One question I definitely have going into the season, obviously him being 45, not necessarily having a full offseason as a result of that, Will he still be the Brady we see from before? Or are we going to finally see that Tom Brady regression? You know, age is something that's never hit Brady. So we'll see. Is this the season it happens or is it not? And as PD touched on, one thing that definitely concerns me for a slow 45-year-old quarterback is his protection, you know, his t- that. Line has already faced a ton of injuries, the big one being Christian Wirfs. I believe he's out for the year. That's going to be tough for Brady, as well as a bit of a worse receiving team with Godwin being out to start the year, Gronk retiring. Well, will we see the Tom Brady of old? I don't know, but I hope to see more of the GOAT. You know, it's, it's hard not to like Brady at this point, especially after his move to the Bucs. Uh, Looking at this matchup, I believe uh, this is probably going to be a high-scoring matchup on both ends. I don't know why. I just feel like week one, Sunday night, two high-scoring offenses. And that's my take with Brady. I think uh, it's going to be a big game, a fun game, and I definitely want to watch this one. Uh, Moving to the other side, we have Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts on him, PD?
1: Yeah, I kind of want to copy-paste what I said with Brady, except he's a younger quarterback and it's more of injury rather than age cutting into his ability to impact the game. Um, I think I, I question how well he can run this year because his brushing last year dipped significantly from where it's been in the past. Um, can the mobility look solidly better than it was last year? Um, and then, A very big thing to me is how can Dak improve his error rate under pressure? Because it kind of, Dak is kind of similar to Brady in that he goes as his team goes, but unlike Brady, he doesn't have the same ability to carry a poor offense, in my opinion, that Brady does. He kind of gets worse and worse and worse as the talent gets worse and worse. So, uh, can he kind of learn to elevate? um worst talent this year because I think he's like one of the guys that's most tied with his supporting cast in the league. And then for this matchup specifically kind of tied to that, I think the Bucks pass rush is kind of going to feast on that injured Cowboys offensive line and regressing generally. And so I wonder how he performs under pressure in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I got I have a lot of the same sentiment with back Prescott. PD touched on that injury in 2020, and last season we definitely saw a big dip in rushing production and overall mobility from Dak. But a year more of rehab, I hope he gets a little bit back to the Dak we once knew. Maybe not in the rushing game, as he's definitely more of a solidified franchise QB now, so they may want to protect him more. But I want to see more of mobility in the pocket, ability to play make, and stuff like that. From Dak Prescott this year. Uh, one thing I really want look forward to see in this uh, matchup, as PD touched on, I think the Bucks pass rush is definitely going to feast on the Cowboys O line. However, I do think CeeDee Lamb in this matchup does provide a bit, be, is a little bit of a matchup nightmare here for the Bucks. I don't know if they can contain him. And a similar sentiment to a lot of defenses this season i'm huge on cd lamb this year i think that connections with Dak's gonna be good and as i said earlier i think this is gonna be a high scoring matchup a good game to watch i i hope Dak performs in prime time against the goat and we get the matchup we all want to see i wouldn't miss this one
1: Mm -hmm. i agree with everything you said there um moving on to the final matchup of the week that we're going to discuss, which is the Monday night football game, Uh, Broncos against the Seahawks, starting off with the Broncos and Russell Wilson, a newly acquired quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I'm intrigued to see how much of last year's performance where he kind of lost control of the ball for stretches of the year, um, how much of that was just the injury to his finger and how much of that is him actually losing arm ability as he ages um and then one thing that's always the question with Russ: how well can he play within the structure of the offense itself he has a tendency to of course make plays outside the structure of the offense and you take the good with the bad with that but how how well can he kind of marry those two skill sets of in structure and out of structure to be the best version of Russ that we can see um and then one question i have for this game um kind of related to what I said earlier with the marrying the instructor and out of structure, can he attack the middle of the field versus a young linebacking core and kind of mismatches with Jerry Judy, potentially in the slot. Um, Can he attack that area of the field and kind of take advantage of what's there with the Seattle defense?
0: Yeah. Piggybacking off what a lot of what PD said there, uh, A lot of his performance last year in terms of accuracy, being able to push the downfield, dipped a little bit in production overall after that finger issue. But in my opinion, I think it was a lot to do with that injury as well as offensive line concerns. I think earlier in Russ's career, he was able to overcome a lot of those shortcomings that Seattle had. And he was relatively healthy, so that was never an issue. And last year was a bit of a combo of you know, both of those problems kind of combining for him to have a bit of a down year. However, with the supporting cast being a lot better in Denver, as well as his injury, I mean, supposedly healing, hopefully he's completely healthy this year. I expect to see a lot more of the Russell Wilson of old, and I'm really high on this Broncos offense this season. I think a guy like Cortland Sutton is going to be a great pairing with them. I think Russell Wilson loves his big downfield targets like Cortland Sutton. I think Judy's a great route runner, and that's someone who Russell Wilson will definitely look to. Uh, As PD mentioned, with the in-structure and out-of-structure, I think a lot of what makes Russell Wilson special is those crazy out-of-structure plays, which we didn't see as much in previous years, and just as much as – PD wants to see the instructor plays. I want to see a lot of that magic, by Russell Wilson magic, eluding defensive linemen and throwing the ball downfield that we've seen in years prior. Obviously, at his age, it's not going to be as amazing as it once was, but I just want a little bit more of Prime Wilson, and I think that Broncos' supporting cast is going to help him get there. And, I mean, this is another rivalry matchup, as I mentioned with Baker, because... Wilson's facing his old team in Seattle and in this matchup in particular I think Seattle's defense is quite weak I don't love their secondary or front seven really so I think the Denver I think Denver takes advantage of this both in the rush game with Javante Williams and throwing the ball with Wilson and I think this is going to be a lopsided matchup for sure.
1: Yeah, um, and wrapping up with Geno Smith, who I don't have much to say uh, anything about, I, I I don't have much confidence in him being yeah. a long-term starter, really.
0: Yeah, same same here. Whether it's Geno Smith or maybe Drew Locke down the line this season, both of those guys, for the purpose of being a starting quarterback, are bums. So, yeah. Uh, once again, I've as I've mentioned with some of the guys earlier, this is a bridge quarterback. These both of they're there to help the tank. The Seahawks are gonna look for their franchise guy in the draft next year or maybe get someone in free agency, but Geno Smith is not that guy. Don't have much else to say about him. I think he struggles against Denver as he will for most of the season. And I think Seattle's in for a long season, which I'm happy to say as a Niners fan.
1: All right. That wraps up every single preview for this week and a little bit on the season. And we're going to move into our final segment because this is a season preview. I thought it would be nice to have a little bit of an awards thing going. Um, And the only thing we're going to touch on is the quarterback owned award, which is the MVP. I'm going to throw out some of my favorite bets for MVP and then potty could chime in with, anything he has to add for each of them or his favorite picks. So among guys who are favorites, I'd say that's like above plus 1,000 to win it. I like I like Joe Burrow. I like Josh Allen. I like Justin Herbert. I like Patrick Mahomes. Those are my guys among the favorites. All of those guys are young quarterbacks in, and they are all ascending, I would say. Um, maybe with the exception of Mahomes, who's kind of looking for a bounce back instead of straight ascension. Um, And they're on great teams. I look for them to really put their mark on the league as maybe the four best quarterbacks in the league. And then my long shots, my favorite sleepers who are like plus 2,000 or more to win the MVP. I like Jalen Hurts. We touched on the Eagles being amazing on both sides of the ball earlier. Um, And I think anything resembling good, to great quarterback play for Jalen Hurts immediately puts them in the conversation for the number one seed. And consequently, uh, because of that team success, it should put him in the conversation for MVP. Um, Another two guys I like. First one, I like Kyler Murray. This is just one that I'm betting on with the talent. My prior on him is as an elite draft prospect and I really haven't seen too much to change my mind with him. Um, I'm just betting on the talent and. I think that there's enough playmaking wise where the offense could be so good that it just powers them to a high level record despite the defensive struggles. And he kind of cashes in with that MVP. And then my last pick, which is a really long shot um, is Kirk cousins. Um, I think Kirk cousins, I think he's a good quarterback who can be elevated by the system to produce at an elite level and maybe even get to the elite level. I think he's not, way too far off from the elite level I think he's very good right now and I think giving him a maximized Justin Jefferson uh a better version of Adam Thielen and possibly winning the NFC North I think that puts him in contention for an MVP again it's a very long shot I think Kirk Cousins is like plus 5,000 right now but I would take the bet if I was a better
0: uh in terms of my predictions, I think my MVP is definitely the one and only GOAT, Trey Lance. Uh, well, <laughs> jokes aside, in all seriousness, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, I'm very high on Justin Herbert this year. I think with the additions in that defense, that's a very competitive team. And I think for his MVP con- a conversation in terms of media, all really he was lacking is the winning. In this day and age, that's still a huge part of the MVP conversation. And I think that's the last part Justin Herbert really needed. And I think he has that now. And as far as the favorites to win MVP goes, he's my clear favorite. My next favorite would probably be Patrick Mahomes. As I've said earlier in this podcast, I'm also high on him. I think the narrative aligns well with him with coming back from a down year Losing Tyreek Hill and not necessarily having the best supporting cast. If he can keep this team still leading the AFC, I can totally see him win an MVP. As far as dark horse candidates goes, I don't know who's necessarily considered a dark horse candidate, but one guy who's definitely, I think the narrative aligns for him as well is Lamar Jackson having a bit of a struggle last year and coming back from injury, I think if he can produce a similar year to what we saw in like 2019, but with a little bit more passing upside than rushing upside and the Ravens end up performing well in a loaded AFC, I could see him potentially sla- snagging that. Another person who I like to win MVP this year is potentially even Russell Wilson, you know, same thing. Uh, no, a narr- the narrative is behind him with the comeback. I don't. He's never won an MVP. He's getting up there in age. That's something people might want to give him before he retires. And overall, I just think he's in a good situation to potentially win one. Uh, that's all yeah. I have for that.
1: Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, kind of somewhere in between long shots and favorites, they're not super favorite to win the award but they're not like that the way i define the sleepers were plus 2000 or more which is um, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: well, well, I have one more in that case if you mm-hmm. don't mind me saying.
1: Yeah, go for it. Go okay.
0: Go for it. One more. Well, i also don't know the odds on him either, but i could also see and i I get I'm now noticing i've mentioned the entire AFC West, but i could totally see Derek Carr, if he has a great connection with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller comes back healthy, and that's a high-powered offense, and they end up winning more games than anticipated, I could totally see him having an argument as well.
1: Yeah, I like that one as well. Um, Anything resembling positive play from the Raiders' defense or O-line probably puts them in contention for a top seed in the AFC as well, so that might be a good bet to make as well. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode. A bit of a long one. It'll probably be more concise in the future, but this is a big preview, and we wanted to get everything in there. Um, Stay tuned for next time, and thank you all so much for listening. Bye.